0: Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Good morning, Christ South. It's awesome to be with you guys this morning. I'm preaching from outside. It is absolutely a beautiful and stunning day. As I'm standing here preaching, it's exciting because this is the day Today after worship, I want you guys to be up at the Providence campus because we're going to be voting on building this building and really taking the next steps into having a space where we can gather for worship and events and do all kinds of things out on our land. It's a huge day for Christ South, and I want to make sure that you please show up at this meeting that we have right after church. So listen to this sermon, go grab some brunch, and meet up at the Providence campus right about 12, 12, 10, we'll get started. So please head up. I need you. We need you. This is a huge moment for our congregation. But As I'm preaching outside, I'm reminded that summertime is rolling in, it's starting to be a beautiful beautiful part of our season of our part of our year i think we're going to start getting rain at like four o'clock every day that's like what happens when summer time comes in and my son is off at lutherage as a as a camp counselor right now and he's having a blast we're getting pictures of him doing all of these really cool things and i remember when i was at camp and i was a camp counselor we had all kinds of games that we would play the kids come in on sunday night and then we would play some games we get to know you we would have like all kinds of different games We have like name games and we did like a, a game called train wreck where you kind of got to know different things about people and it was absolutely a train wreck a couple of times it was really really dangerous it was crazy but basically you would be in chairs and you would say i love everybody in lutherage especially people with pink shirts on and all of a sudden everybody with pink shirts on had to switch seats and it was just crazy it was just a train wreck of awesomeness but pretty much every single game Every single game that we played at camp usually started with having kids get into some sort of circle, right? Make a circle, make, make a circle. What? And we'd start getting people into these great big circles. One of the coolest parts of this for me was always watching how every time somebody came to be a part of the circle the circle would widen so people would initially kind of come in tight and they would start to work their way out as people were added to the circle and the circle would get bigger and bigger and i think this is the perfect image as we celebrate pentecost today that's why i'm in all red this is we celebrate pentecost today there's a there's really no better bed to lay this scripture in as we read it together this comes from acts chapter two let's watch the ever expanding circle Acts 2, verse 1 through 21. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together all in one place. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were, staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Very important we remember that. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, Aren't these all who are speaking Galileans? How then is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them saying, uh, they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, Thanks be to God. It's such an incredible moment. It's just an incredible moment. It's easily one of the most overwhelming moments in the entirety of the New Testament. But before we jump all the way into that, I think we need to talk about a few notes, a few things that I just want you to kind of keep in perspective as we hear this scripture, the Pentecost story. First, it's helpful to know a little bit about like what's happened to get us to this moment to get us to Acts 2, right? We've really gone through the fullness of the Easter season and now we come into the season of Pentecost, right? Which is this beginning of it's like 26 weeks long. It's the longest church season we have and it goes from Easter right into Pentecost. So what's happened up till now? Jesus was crucified, Jesus rose from the dead, Jesus then appeared on the road to Emmaus and appeared to the disciples in the upper room and then after afterwards ascended to heaven. But Peter said something that struck me and it struck me. I I, I don't know why. Sometimes I hear different things in the scripture and it says that Peter stood up with the 11. And I thought, man, well, that was quick because Judas literally just died. But Judas was old news. I say that a little bit in jest, but like they quickly replaced Judas Very, very quickly, they replaced Judas, and they did that because even though they went back to their everyday life, they were ready to get going and ready to get moving with the next parts of the ministry. After Jesus appeared to them, it really seemed to ignite their ministry, and all of a sudden now, they're literally and figuratively on fire. That's thing number one. Number two, I think it's helpful to know a little bit about how rabbis work. It helps us to understand the significance of this moment. See, rabbis have like an inner circle. Rabbis would, 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 would be a teacher that young boys, and it was young boys, they would study and study and study, and only the best of the best, the ones that could learn scripture, and I don't mean just like learn about it, I mean like study it and then memorize it. The best of the best would get to a point where they had shown their character and their integrity and their ability to handle it, and they would approach a rabbi and they would say, I wish to be your disciple. I want to learn your yoke, I want to follow you. And the rabbi would consider it, and following their yoke means their theological stance, their understanding of how they read and understand scripture. So they would come to this rabbi with a hope that they might get to follow him. Now an interesting note about Jesus, and some of you guys are gonna remember this, about the story of Jesus up to this point, he actually called the disciples. It was actually flipped upside down. Most rabbis would wait to be approached by the best of the best. But Jesus went to the most common, the fishermen, those that didn't have it all together and went and said, hey, you come follow me. All right. That's sort of how that works. But rabbis that were particularly good would have that inner circle. And their inner circle would also have kind of like some extra followers, like the people that just wanted to know what that rabbi was all about. And they would follow the rabbi around. They would listen to the rabbi that would try to understand that teaching. Those were the ones that were maybe considering and being like hopefully asking if they could be one of the disciples or they were just some, some extras that were interested in that, disciple, uh, in that rabbi's teaching. Then the next part of that would have been all the additional followers of that, that rabbi. That would so the inner circle would have a slightly cir- bigger circle on the outside, and then an even bigger circle of people that wanted to follow that around. Think like people that would follow the band Fish back in the day, or like or like the Grateful Dead. Or they'd go from concert to concert to concert. They wanted to hear what that rabbi had to say. That next thing that they were going to reveal that, that 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 the rabbi would have to say. That is why when they're out in the streets and they're listening to this and they hear this mighty rushing of wind, that they start to be really weirded out by the fact that all of these ones who are speaking were Galileans because they were from a particular area with a particular rabbi who had a particular teaching. And all of a sudden, that rabbi's teaching was coming through Galileans all the way to the very expanse. Everyone was hearing from this Galilean group in their own language, as if their rabbi had ascribed this teaching to them. It was coming to them in their own language that they could fully understand. The third thing, the word Pentecost means 50th. It refers to the Jewish festival celebrated on the 50th day after the first fruits. It's also known as the Feast of Weeks, the Feast of 50 Days in rabbinical tradition. Now we call it the, the Shavuot, right, which is still celebrated today in the Jewish tradition. As a matter of fact, I saw, I saw folks going to and from the temple when I was, uh, when I was working last week. They were going to and from the temple as they celebrated this, this uh, Shavuot, an agricultural festival 50 days after Passover. Now, think about that. Jews from all over were going to Jerusalem for this Pentecost celebration, but they had just been there 50 days prior for the Passover, and they came back for Pentecost. It's helpful to also remember what happened around the last time with Passover was 50 days after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus. So all these devout Jews are coming from all of these areas. It would have felt like the entire world was attending this. It would have felt like the entire world was gathered around because there were people from everywhere. And see, here's the thing. A lot of them would have been returning after being there 50 days prior which means that the last time they were in town, they saw this king of the Jews be killed. And perhaps even were some of the ones that shouted, crucify him. That's the foundation of this event, of this moment, that these people who were gone now were back for this celebration. After the last time that they were there, potentially a good chunk of them shouted crucify him and yet now to them is revealed the good news. There's such an incredible parallel here because one of the last things that we heard from Peter was his denial of Jesus right before the crucifixion. I do not know that man and then it says that Peter got up and stood and gave the sermon of his life. These devout Jews were just in town for the Passover and saw to it that Jesus was killed and yet here they are hearing the good news in full force. So many people coming back. God chooses this particular moment. They've all come back, and God wants them to hear the good news. This event was incredibly significant because all these different people came to town, all of these other yokes of other rabbis, all of them coming together, but yet also all hearing this message in their own language. So for the insiders, it was just crazy and epic But then I also wonder about the outsiders. Think about this. What would it have been like for you if you had just happened into the market and you were like, I'm just going to go get some fruit, carry it back to the family, we're going to make some food tonight, it's going to be a great night, and all of a sudden, a mighty, rushing, violent wind. Have you ever been in the forest when, like, the, the wind kicks up and it starts moving in the trees and you can look up and it kind of senses come into action and all of a sudden the trees start moving that's what happens to all of us right we look up and our senses just sort of kick into action now now in the midst of all that add fire add that there's fire that's like moving around through the air this is a massive stirring with fire my first instinct would have probably been to run and hide I'm just gonna be straight with you I'd been like uh no I don't know what's happening but it doesn't look good I'm out. <laughs> but the opposite happens, it says in Scripture. It says people started coming from all around to see what was going on. All right, guys, you got a weird pastor. You know that already. But I, stumb- I stumble and get stuck on some things, and this is one that just keeps keeps just, just working on me. I've got a small logistics problem with what's going on in the Scripture. The scripture says that the disciples were gathered into this house, this gathering space of sorts. But it also says in verse 41, those who accepted this message were baptized, talking about Peter. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So I guess they had to go outside, right? I mean, they had to get out of the house. They had to go beyond the walls of that house in order to be able to be seen and heard. But here's where the problem is. (laughs) You thought maybe that was the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is, this is in Jerusalem. This is in the midst of Jerusalem where there isn't a great big open space necessarily. That all filled in the city streets was people. There's a massive festival going on. So there's people and carts and markets and buildings. There wasn't just a big wide open space where 3,000 could all of a sudden gather like they did for the feeding of the 5,000. I mean, think about it. They're just packed tight into these city streets. That means the message was probably not just heard from the disciples. Let's say, for example, that the disciples were given this message and they went out of the house or they were in such an open area of the house that they could be heard out the windows. Even still, the craziness of this is that they probably didn't hear it from just the disciples. They probably heard it from somebody else who was passing that message along as they heard it that Pentecost fire rested and started on those disciples, but it went out. The reason that there were 12 disciples is because there were 12 tribes, right? This is for every single one that this message was heard. It starts coming out, but it doesn't just come out. It's like a giant spiritual bucket brigade of passing that message down the street. Oh, did you hear? This is just what I heard in my language. You've got to hear this. This is what happened. And then somebody else That's incredible. I'm hearing it in my own language. And then they start passing it on. Hey, you who speak my language. Did you know this? Have you heard this? The good news starts to go like a mighty spiritual bucket brigade. I love that image of passing from one person to another. Each in his or her own language. Down the streets, through the buildings, around the corners, well beyond the walls of the house. See, if 3,000 were added to the number that likely means that there were even more people there than just that 3,000. And that little circle, that little circle of 12, expanded to 3,000 that day. You see, brothers and sisters, there are moments when the Holy Spirit moves in our lives that make us look to the skies and wonder, make our senses jump into action. They might even make us want to run and hide. I guarantee you sometimes that's what it feels like for sure. But these moments are about spreading out, expanding the ever-expanding circle of God's good news. So check out what happens a bit later. Right after Peter's sermon. You heard verse 41 that said, those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Verse 42, though, goes on and it talks about what happens next when they expanded that circle. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. You see, this is what happens when the Holy Spirit moves. This is what the church does as the circle expands. We gather together, we break bread in prayer, we share what we have with one another. We have a common goal of listening to these teachings and the word of the Lord, and then telling others and living it out. So, brothers and sisters, <laughs> If there's a fire on your head or on your heart and God is moving in your life, you better get out of the house. You absolutely better go beyond the walls. You absolutely better be ready to expand the circle because those established walls around you, if you stay in that house, in those side, those walls and that Holy Spirit fire is happening, I guarantee you the house is going to burn down. You've got to go outside and God gave you a circle of people around you. Your call is to love on that circle, to give them everything that you've got because you speak their language, but not forget that God calls us to expand that circle, that ever-expanding circle. And when that fire comes, see what language God wants you to speak next. To whom you are called, God will equip you for that calling. Today is a huge day for the South Campus. It's one that we have been waiting for and waiting for for years. And it's finally here. Today we're going to gather right after worship so right after this worship like I said go grab some brunch then head quickly over to the Providence campus south needs to come with a voice like no other because this is the moment where we take the first steps on building a building for ourselves out there a place where we can gather inside with with air conditioning with with no bugs it's going to be amazing and and bathrooms could you imagine <laughs> today is the day that we go and meet and talk about this we need to be ready to expand the circle to go beyond the walls of what we have had so far to see that new movement that new place for us to gather and to go out to be sent out to expand the circle even further please show up today at the providence campus and tell the story as we gather together let's absolutely expand the circle Today, we get to start the next chapter of what Christ South is ultimately going to be about. Today, we celebrate the birth of the church, and there could be no better day for us to meet together to talk about expanding the circle even further than we ever have before. So today, we get to work on the ever-expanding circle. See you at noon. Amen. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, you have called us forth and equipped us for that call. You've called us to be your people, to gather, to head in a new direction, a new chapter in the life of our church and of our church campus. Empower us, oh God, to be bold, to not be in fear, but to be bold and follow you in our call. God, we give you thanks this day for all the blessings in our life that you've already given us, an incredible church congregation. Lord, call us out. Expand the circle. Make your gospel known through us. In Jesus Christ's name we pray and all of God's children say, All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.